0: What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Shooting the Shit with 290 Black Guys. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Cooper, also known as King Kaz, on the interweb. I am joined by my good friend and co-host for this show, DJM. Uh,
1: hey, Kaz, uh, where's JVZ?
0: I would, knowing JVZ, he's still at work solving issues that are not his problem
1: but um you, we get we got this story on Colin Kaepernick in an ice cream truck we We got this story to cover where where, where is he what 's going on
0: We have had a lot of Co- Colin Kaepernick on that show so far since it's it's resurgence um,
1: that show, everybody of course we 're talking about is sports odds and ends the podcast for the fly by night sports fan. Hosted by Mr. Brandon Cooper and our mutual friend Jvz Jerry, then uh, in which yours truly records and produces and edits. So, yeah, what's up, Kaz? We're we're doing the two NBG again. What's going we on, are. buddy?
0: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna get to the elephant in the room. Um, it's that time of season where Netflix adds new things to its catalog. Um, and I had finally gotten around to watching a show that that you had told me I should watch and I watched Gotham this
1: plays plays right into something that I was going to bring up today
0: there we go so I went ahead, I watched Gotham season 1 so they finally, they got around, they added Gotham season 2 and I went through that I went through Gotham season 2 um I'm actually going to go back and watch it a little, uh, watch some episodes again because I kind of rushed through it a bit. Um, I, I still like it. I, I still am am very sad that I didn't watch that show earlier. But that being said, I did not enjoy season two as much. There were a lot of weak parts in season two for me.
1: Well, I, I will say that I'm a bit distant from season two at this point because mm-hmm. season three just started a couple of nights ago. Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, Cass. No 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 so This what is I, fine. This is fine. What I was going to ask is have you have you caught the premiere of season three since it just premiered?
0: I have not, because I just recently I just like the other night finished season two. Um and I don't, I don't want to have a super long, like, detailed discussion about it. But what I will say issue-wise for me was, <sighs> so season one, and then the, the original reason I never watched Gotham, right, was because I thought it was going to be, um, as, I, as I called it, Muppet Babies Gotham Edition, right? I thought it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be like, oh, here's young this person and here's young that person. And they did a little bit of that because you have the the young Poison Ivy, you have the young um, Bruce Wayne and Catwoman and stuff like that. Um, and for for the most part, I was yeah, the way they handled it. I was kind of okay with it. Like I I kind of liked the noir taste that it was giving me uh, with being more of a procedural cop drama. And then season two. You come around and you add a little bit more sci-fi, and you start to introduce a little bit more of the the rogues gallery of Batman villains, Um, where you know you kind of have more of the like weird one-offy people like uh, Firebug and uh, Mister Freeze and stuff like that. Which I I thought the introduction of Mister Freeze was really good. I just that costume for Mister Freeze, for me, is uh, it's a bit shitty.
1: <laughs> okay, so so tell me what it is that you're that you you're looking at Gotham season two mm-hmm. after season one. Yep. Uh, what are you? Uh, how do you feel overall? Let's say Jim Gordon, uh, Bullock, uh, all of those characters. Uh, overall, what are you liking about? So- gotham and i'm and i'm specifically asking what you liked i uh
0: i love um i love uh bullock i love the the handling of harvey bullock in in this series i love the way that they treat that character um he like I, I love his introduction from season one to see, and his character progression into season two because that's the kind of Harvey Bullock you want. You want this grizzled cop who's been in Gotham for so long and survived through everything and just like just is just there and, and knows all the ins and outs and knows how to get around and does what he needs to do to get the job done. Um I love that. I I am actually as much as I, I disliked the Bruce Wayne character, I am loving the character growth cuz we're getting to that more thought out character that that young Bruce has been in the comic books previously. Um I loved I loved the casting, the acting, the the introduction, the Nuance of the character that they introduced as, um, oh god, I can't think of his name, Uh, Hugo Strange.
1: Yes, the fantastic B.D. Wong, who is also an incredible character on my favorite show, Mister Robot. Mm. Oh, is he in that show? I haven't watched. I gotta watch that show too. Um, Oh god, Mister Robot. Oh my god, Mister Robot. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh,
0: I, I he played. Hugo go strange so yes. well yes you did um, the things i didn't like was uh, so they're, they're, well,
1: you did e- well you didn't even mention like the progression in seasons in to the end of season 2 of the the continuing saga of one jim gordon
0: yeah so so the jim gordon thing for me, right? So, so you you, you take the step back because if you watch the series and as it progresses, you're like, oh, okay, this this young cop coming along, trying to do the right thing, kind of getting forced into bad situations. What you know, blah 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 blah. If you take that step back and you know where it's supposed to end with him being the commissioner, it. The, the weird positions that they put him in sometimes you feel like it's too much of a stretch whereas like I feel like you could have you, you can have more subtlety with that stuff because almost everyone knows where Jim Gordon's path ends up right um, I mean they could do the universe turn like Game of Thrones has done and like The Walking Dead has done and say hey we're going to take this in our own direction and use these characters differently than what they're intended. You could do that. That's a possibility. But I doubt that they will. Um,
1: And you could do that. And I think you're hung up on something. I I think you're hung up on something that I think a lot of comic book readers And a lot of people that have these strong attachments to a brand or a franchise have problems with when there are multiple iterations of a brand, of a character, of a franchise. You said something where you already know where his character is going. So I think for you, it sounds like Gotham and Jim Gordon's character in this show uh, seems like it's kind of a moot point. Uh, it almost feels like it, it sounds like you're you're watching Jim Gordon, but you're hung up on what he becomes. So nothing that you're seeing will ever fit into what has already been created. That's what it sounds like. A little bit, but it's the it's the. It's the
0: weird ways in which they try to create drama with that character, like what they're doing with the penguin, right? Which which the same way, you know where the penguin ends up. So, you know, in those little situations where he might die, you know, he's not going to die. But I love the the development there i love the the you getting to understand that this character is just this, this weasel and this worm and he he worms his way into people's like thoughts and he always has this secondary plan um even when his first plan blows up in his face he has this let other me way throw something it. at you.
1: Let me throw something Mm -hmm. at you for a second. Yes. You said something, and I've heard this a lot from a lot of people with this show and others, where you said you already know he's not going to die, but given that this is Gotham City, a world that is monstrously corrupt, Mm -hmm. isn't there this idea that with all of these rogues and villains and criminals, that given that this is a tv show in an action drama tv show shouldn't that shouldn't these characters be in some kind of peril on a regular basis Uh, i think that this again goes back to the idea that a lot of a lot of people in in nerd fandoms they get attached to this one idea they have about a franchise And anything that deviates from that is not acceptable. Yes, we know Oswald Cobblepot will eventually become the Penguin. But I'm looking at this as the idea of... This is how Oswald Cobblepot grew to become the Penguin, this big-time criminal Mm -hmm. in Gotham City. And Gotham City is going to be a city with a lot of destruction and peril and occasional death. Yeah. This is what Gotham City is. And I, I I agree with that. Like,
0: and that, that's what I'm saying. It's it's the difference for me, right? Because I agree with every twist and turn that you get from the Penguin storyline. Whereas every twist and turn I get in the Jim Gordon storyline sometimes seems like it's just too much. You know, like I feel like I feel like the writers are are trying to give you too many twists and turns in Jim Gordon storyline sometimes. Whereas the Penguin storyline. it it, it, even even not taking the what you know they're going to become is so much more fun it's a it's a such a better journey for me like i love that journey i love the peril in that journey i love the i love the idea of that journey whereas as this is going with the jim gordon one it's not it's not as fun like I love the character, and I I, I love Ben, ben Mackenzie because he was in the OC, and I love the OC, and I mean, yeah. But outside of that, it's just like I'm not I'm not having as much fun with his his journey. Like I I'm I love Selena's journey as much as I didn't like that character when in the first season. I'm loving. I'm her, her still character
1: I'm still not into Selena
0: at all. <laughs> still- um i love that bruce is less whiny I, I love the character development that they've given alfred in this like there are all and these I, other I things i know we i know we disagree on fish mooney too that i know we disagree oh yeah so that that was the other thing i do not like that character and yeah i am already, done. I'm already yeah. done with that character we
1: Who's can I? agree to disagree no, on that you. one
0: go no away it was nice That's having right. you I, can, can your character stay dead now please yeah. It's all
1: right, Cass. I I, I still love you, man. I still love you.
0: I understand she's Jada Pinkett Smith. You gave her a lot of money. You're trying to get your money's worth. But I think we're done. It was nice having you. Okay. Uh All right. I will send you a letter. Thank you, ma'am. Tell your husband I I enjoyed his albums.
1: Sure. Okay. We we can agree to disagree, Cass, because I I love Fish Mooney. I love that she throws. I love that she throws a glitch in everything. Uh, I love that so many like die hard bat fans are having mm-hmm. such a hard time accepting her and I love that she's a foreign element in this universe. That's yeah. what I love about her and yeah it's Jada I mean it's it's Jada so I'm, I'm not gonna complain like, about that I, I um,
0: but he's not her. but she's
1: not Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange. No, has she's
0: been- not Hugo Strange. No. Hugo Strange is amazing, but yeah. I appreciated her in the first half of the first season as this ca- this this character created in this universe that is not legacy to this universe like everyone else around it is. Right? I loved her, that character. I love I love uh, the same way. Like a character not necessarily Lee, legacy to that universe but created using that universe's tools I love his character his character is amazing of this just this you know lifelong mob guy who just like has gone through every twist and turn that could be possible for him and like I enjoy the fuck out of his character Um, but I don't know what it is about Fish Mooney that just like as it goes on I'm just like oh my god can we not can we not keep going?
1: <laughs> Wait. We can agree to disagree on Fish Mooney, Kaz. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if you've seen, but back to Jim Gordon and Ben McKenzie for a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, he's done a few AMAs about something that is very iconic in regards to his character. Okay. Uh, and and do, do you know what I'm referring to? I don't. I don't. I have not seen these. Please tell me. Okay, uh in a few AMAs, uh Ben McKenzie, the the man that plays Jim Gordon in in the Gotham series, uh has alluded to the fact that so far in Gotham, he does not have Jim Gordon's iconic mustache. Oh but, yeah, this is true. But uh he has said that as time goes on, Jim Gordon will quote earn the mustache and quote. Yeah, like- So this is something to look forward to. I've heard people... And this is what I like about... This is why I love the Jim Corden character as much as I do. Because he is clearly growing into the character that everyone knows. And I'm okay watching that growth. I... I, That's... See, that's the thing I want. I want to watch the growth into
0: that. I just I just hate how many twists and turns the writers try to throw at him in this. And I'm fine with most of it. But sometimes it's just like it's like, all right, come on, guys. Well, well, this is a
1: this is a TV drama and he is the main character. It's like Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead. You have to throw literally everything at him. He's the main character i don't
0: i don't even i i even don't mind how they changed the the um i guess dichotomy of his his initial relationship with his what is supposed to be his first wife barbara um you know who in different in different storytellings has a different ending um to to her story and her connection to James Gordon. Like I love that change. That change I think is amazing in making her kind of this, this antithesis that, that is always there for him and always connected to him. Um, The things that, that I not, I I think when I boil it down, the thing that I just am having the hardest time with is the will he, won't he of his morals Like, I feel like there's better ways to do it sometimes than to constantly be like, is he going to shoot that guy? Mm -hmm."
1: Okay, see, now I think that this is where you and I are seeing things completely differently. Because for me, it's the idea of, no, Jim Gordon won't. Of the question of will he, won't he? My answer is always, no, Jim Gordon won't do that. Because he's Jim Gordon, and plus he's the star, so we can't have him do too much. So, and when he does, it's that much more shocking. For me, he is the rock, the center, the focal point of this show. He is the closest to lawful good there is in this show, and he's going to stay that way. So, I'm okay with him. As he is, and when something is is out of character happens, it still surprises me. Yeah, I can, I can almost, I'm, I'm, I'm almost okay with that. So. Although I will say, season three starts off pretty interesting. It starts off in a way you would not expect him to start off with. See, man,
0: I'm, I'm trying to think how long I had to wait for, for. So, season 3 just started, right? So
1: Yeah, just Monday. Just this Monday. Fuck,
0: man. That's going to be a while before that comes. It might be on Hulu. Oh yeah, you don't like Hulu. I was going to say it yeah, might no. be on Hulu, but I, I know you I, don't like Hulu. I tried Hulu and I gave up on Hulu. All right. I'm going to have to find another way.
1: Well, um, I'm trying to think So of far I'm enjoying it. Um Lena talked about.
0: I, I love the Alfred character in this. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's fantastic. And just with Monday's new episode, Monday's new episode, he, he has a fight scene with a member of the Court of Owls, Kaz. Okay. And, hold on.
0: All right. So, so, so.
1: And I just want to say with this fight scene where we see Alfred is not old, but not exactly young, but still very. Very, very in shape and holding his own against this guy. It just made me think, man, what was Alfred like when he was younger? Wow, yeah. Alfred must have I mean, been I mean, that dude when he was younger.
0: But you get a lot of that in Alfred's fight scenes, though, where it's like, yeah. oh, he can hold his own, but you know, he's getting up there. Um, but all right, so that that was that was the other thing, and you you just reminded me, and thank you for reminding me of this, right? So mm-hmm. the quarter vowels, right? Is actually in in the wake of the Batman mythos is a relatively new thing. Um, it is it is actually a kind of a brand new mythos to the Batman universe. Um, written by written in the in the more recent uh, New Fifty Two by I think Scott Snyder, um, who was the writer at the time. I love the court of owls and how he kind of integrated the court of owls into the Batman legacy so much so that everybody just accepted it and has made it hardcore canon. Um, The thing I, and, and, and this is very specifically you, you, as soon as I'm done speaking, you can call me out on it. This is very specifically me being the comic book nerd and going like, but in the comic book, pushing up my glasses, the Court of Owls was this thing that, that lingered in mystery for so long um, and and Bruce and, and it's one of those things that eats away at Bruce because he, he thought it was there then he thought it wasn't then he thought it was there then he thought it wasn't then he thought it was there then he thought it wasn't kind of thing in the comic books like he found out about it at around this time when he was a kid and he thought it was linked to his parents death and he, he looked for it so hard um and couldn't find anything and then it comes back around when he's Batman and he's like no this is this is you know this is just a myth I I, I searched for this thing when I was a child and it didn't exist um and he kind of tries to keep putting it away as 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 a myth um and I love that it's been this thing that lingered with him throughout his history and it still can it doesn't mean it can't but I think what, what I don't like in this show is how much they try to integrate stuff early to me instead of letting
1: it linger a little bit longer. Like, I believe I know why they do that. And the reason that happens is because this is a TV show and a TV show is always uh, under the watchful eye of possibly getting canceled. Yeah. So I, I imagine the writers and, and creators behind Gotham, and this goes back to Jim Gordon a little bit, are always trying to make sure they get as much of those little things that are part of the franchise's mythos into the show just in case it ends up getting canceled so they can tie up some loose ends and getting a resolution. This is why I think they brought the Court of the Owls in as early as they did, because they want something that looms over young Bruce Wayne as much as they do.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, that's, that's what Zack Snyder did in the, the comic book when he read it. When he wrote it, when he read it, um, was it's this thing that that Bruce finds out about and it's this myth that exists. Um, And he, he tries to search for it as a child, but he doesn't have those skills that he has when he grows up. And he understands how to be a detective better so that when he's an adult and he's searching for this thing as Batman, it opens up all this other stuff to him and he's like how could i have missed this and you know there's a good great scene in the books where alfred is like you were a child searching for a myth like it's different you know than you being a grown man and having all these tools that you can use to search for this thing um and I, i and you you really just shined light on it to me of the you need the the quicker payoff in TV, even though it's episodic and you could let things linger, you don't want to let things linger to the point where people get disinterested. You got to kind of give them, you know, you got to, you, you got to show them the fruit and then you got to give them a little bit of it. And then you got to kind of dangle it in front of them a little bit more.
1: It's TV. Um, it is TV.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of the thing that makes me a little bit sad. And it's almost the thing that I realized, I think, this is why I kind of am starting to appreciate the Amazon and the Netflix original shows because they know they're going to have a whole season to do something right. Like they're not going to get cut off 10 episodes in, they're not going to get cut off, you know, 18 episodes in and not get to finish the last four or five or whatever. If they get a, you know, a 22 episode season or something like that, they're going to get 22 episodes. And they're going to give you a story for 22 episodes. And then when they go to renegotiate, they're like, okay, we'll give you two more seasons to tell this story. So that means. Now, to be
1: fair, to be fair, a lot of those Netflix original shows, they are coming in with a story in mind, and then they have the pitch, the beginning, the middle, and the end. In the case of network TV, that is not always the case. It is the network pitch, it is simply the pitch, i.e.,. It is telling the story of Jim Gordon on his way to becoming commissioner of the GCPD, with a little bit of young Bruce Wayne thrown in. From there, you just kind of. You're really kind of given the green light, and the only time it's really given an end is when you're given the axe, or you're like J.G. Quintel with regular show after eight seasons, you've literally taken your show into space. And then he announces at uh, Comic Con last year, or earlier this year, he says, "Yeah, okay, eight seasons. We're we're wrapping it up." But pretty much after the pitch, a TV show is given carte blanche, so oh. th- they have that option to throw in whatever they want or whatever they need to, if it does well enough, uh, unless it gets canceled. And, and we'll there's can, always that possibility.
0: Even with that, right? Because you start with the pitch. Then you get the pilot. As we know, you get that one episode pilot. See how that tests. And then from there, you're, you're given a green light to go. Um, which is fine. Which is fine in, in, in most part. But I've, I think thinking about the quarter of Owls thing in Gotham... I just wish things lingered a little bit more and things could be a little bit more mysterious for longer. And instead of well having...
1: we the viewer know, but Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Jim Gordon, they don't know. And the the enjoyment is watching how they figure these things out. That's what it is. We already know
0: See, see, I'm fine with that. Right. Because, yeah, there's not going to be a lot that happens in a show called Gotham that I don't already know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm fine with that. I think sometimes I just I I, and not even with this show, like uh, I I was watching. um, I also was watching a show on Netflix that unfortunately has been canceled uh, by network TV uh called limitless uh which is a spin-off of the movie limitless and i really kind of enjoyed it it was a, kind of a, um, another procedural cop drama and there were bits in it that i wish just lingered for a few more episodes you know but you had to kind of spin up in, into the payoff of it and even in, in the things that did linger you don't get answers to because they were things that were going to get answered in season two but they didn't get a season two um and, and that's a little bit sad, but at the same time, it's just like, I, I, I hate the way that network TV works, where I just wish, sometimes, I'm just like, sometimes, you know what, give me a little tinge of something, and, and, and keep sprinkling it as you go, and then, you know what, if it's season two, give me a payoff in season four. But you can't do that, because you might not get a season four, so you gotta you gotta give me as much of a payoff as you can. And I don't know. I, I
1: understand. It. And this it, is it, why you live tweet and hashtag and share everything out, so you get everyone to watch with you, so it does get another season.
0: Well, I I have uh, started um, for some of the DKG kids because they they because uh, they haven't some of them haven't seen Gotham. So I did uh, using the, the app called Rabbit, where you can. I'm pretty uh, sure
1: none of them even remember to eat most of the time do they do they do they remember to eat
0: they do they do the the uh, reason it came up is because me and curly have been playing the uh telltale batman game together uh, uh, which is an interesting experience because uh, curly is very much not a batman fan and i am very much a batman fan which is why really? we decided to do it together yeah
1: um i didn't know you were into batman that's cool yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, pretty nice. much my
1: whole life, um, <laughs> and the
0: fun thing about it, right, is playing through this game. I got Curly to join me and some of the other the the other viewers to watch a couple of the first episodes of Gotham because mm. he's now getting into knowing more about side characters in this universe, and he's like, "Wait, what? There." It's not just about Batman? And I'm like, yeah, no, Batman is not just about Batman, honey. No. (laughs) Honey, no. (laughs) Like, there are, like, all these other characters that exist within this universe that do things and and live within this universe and coexist within this universe. I wouldn't even say
1: Batman's my favorite character in the Batman universe. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I had to explain
0: to him the, like, what they've turned Tim Drake into, uh, not Tim Drake, uh, but Dick Grayson, into being the the kind of counter opposite of Batman, where Batman is the dark, brooding, keep all the secrets to himself, and Dick is the more like, "Hey, I'm going to bring everybody in, make sure that they understand," and like slightly like, better
1: adjusted. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not holding on to the death of his parents as much
1: <laughs> as Bruce does.
0: Because Bruce obsessed. holds on to that.
1: Literally obsessed. He holds it. <laughs> yeah. But I still love Bruce. I still love him. Yeah, me Good too character. May the gods bless Bruce Wayne. Fish Mooney could die, though, and stay dead. No, she can't. She's lovely.
0: No, Jada Pinkett Smith is a lovely actress. It is a well-acted character. Look,
1: Kaz, we we can agree to disagree on Fish Mooney. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, 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 It's all right, Kaz. It's okay. The the two nerdy black guys don't always agree on everything, everybody. It's okay. It is. It is. It's okay. It is okay. okay.
0: I am am okay but but we
1: agree but we agree Gotham is a fun watch overall right I am how has the the telltale Batman Batman game been tell tell me about the telltale Batman game I mean I've played some of their games I've played the Walking Dead Michonne game I've played the Clementine game Uh, how has the Batman game been
0: so the Batman game has been it's been pretty good um it is, it is very much doing the take these characters and create our own universe thing, which I am totally appreciative of. I, I, I love that because it, it almost becomes like this standalone comic in a way. Because um, it's this standalone telling. Um, so, of course, it's very heavy on the uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh, my parents died. I'm still trying to figure out who killed my parents and why. Uh, very much like they're doing in Gotham. Um, instead of making it more random happenstance, uh, the characters so far are pretty well acted. I don't, I don't like the Selena Kyle in this. It's very heavy on the Catwoman, um, in bits. And they've also done kind of what Gotham has done and they've retconned the Penguin, um, which I'm taking, they, they watched a few episodes of Gotham and they were like, hmm we don't have to make the penguin fat and short and pudgy. Interesting. (laughs) um, So they've kind of made this, this new penguin who actually in, in their universe, in the telltale universe of Batman was Bruce's childhood friend. Um, So that makes for a very interesting thing so far. Uh, And it's a a lot of the mafia stuff, a lot of the detective-y stuff. There's some little combat-y bits, but it's a lot of storytelling, and it's really fun. And the thing that I really, really am enjoying about it um, is they're doing the kind of multi-layered choice thing. And they've integrated kind of the Jackbox, if you've ever played any of those Jackbox party games thing, where you can give control to other people. So... It'll be me and Curly and the viewers. Um, I have control over choices. Curly has control over choices as well as the viewers. And we all can choose which choice we think fits best. And then that drives the story from there by the amount of votes. So it's always super duper fun because me and Curly will have an idea of one way we want things to go. But then giving the choice to the, the 30 other people watching as well. Oh, great. Twitch chat.
1: That always works Uh, out. You know, I don't call our chat Twitch chat because they're not a normal Twitch chat. I I mean, I mean, just in general, the 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 royal Twitch chat. Well, you know what? You know
0: what? Curly already started something and and gave people the power to run with it that I wish he didn't, which was, as you know, in all those games where you get multiple dialogue choices, there is always the choice to just not say anything and just let it be awkward. And th- for the first episode, Curly kept trying to get the don't say anything ones to go through. But I kind of rallied people to like think about their decisions and choose correctly. But somehow Curly Curly wormed his way into a few people's minds of the just choose the just choose the don't say anything. So there's like two or three people who will constantly choose the don't say anything, which has only messed us up like once or twice. <laughs> And then I'm I'm like, see, see, this is your own, this is your own doing. This is what you've done. But I don't know. I've, I've, I've been enjoying it. I'm actually going to go back and play it again, like by myself because it, it's just kind of that fun. Like I loved nice. watching people's choices when they played like, you know, the walking dead ones and then having my own choices. Cause it's one of those things like you make the choices and you go along, um, and, you know, it, it kind of There, There's hard points in the story that aren't going to change no matter what. And then there are those points where you get a little bit of the choose your own adventure and you kind of branch down different paths. Um, and I kind of want to go and see what some of the different paths are. But I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly been enjoying this experience.
1: That is fantastic. My friend. Here's the problem see that that moment of silence everybody was the part where djm was kind of like no i talked about that on apos (gasps) no we're talking about that on it's in season no i know nobody really gives a shit about that because it's not well what you just gotta let it you just you, you, you just bring it out because
0: the thing about it right i i have that same fear as, as a person who does more than one podcast um in talking about things multiple
1: times sometimes
0: what i no that's not that's not
1: my problem that's not my problem because i have been able to successfully compartmentalize all of mm-hmm. the podcasts i do and various things i want to talk about however comma and this is an old DJM bit, and again, this goes back to me hating old bits, and we're just getting super-duper meta right now. I could bring up Mr. Robot, but Cody's not here. We can't talk about Mr. Robot. <laughs> and I, I haven't bring seen it up, yet, so. Right, right. I could bring up wrestling, but I do enough of that on Twitter and on The Smartest of Mark, and I have my YouTube project that I'm working on. You know what? So no, I, no, I did want to ask do you... That.
0: did want to ask you how because I know I know not long ago or or long ago at this point Chikara finally came back how have they been doing I've been meaning to ask either you or PD this
1: Um, I would say Chikara has been well truthfully I haven't been keeping as close a look on Chikara in recent Mm -hmm. times Uh, but the storylines have been interesting it's the storylines are intertwining, as always. They are outworldly. They're otherworldly. Uh, I think they're getting a little too overboard with the the Joshi wrestling, the the Japanese women. I think they're going a little bit overboard with that again, because I know that's something Mike Quackenbush really loves and appreciates. But overall, I don't know what it is or what it isn't, but something about Shikara just isn't striking me the way it has um has has it been replaced by lucha underground for me maybe uh, because mm-hmm. lucha underground has done this fantastic melding of action and b movie and film and pro wrestling and the the universe of lucha libre and all of those rules and conventions that tie into lucha and incorporating that with modern american wrestling and it, it does all of these things really, really well, and given that it's it's not pro wrestling per se, it's it's an action TV show under the guise of lucha libre. It it just it just hits me in all of the right places. It sort of in the same way as broken Matt Hardy. Broken Matt Hardy. In... Uh, so, so what? Yeah, what is going on with that?
0: Like, I saw like, okay. a couple of things, and then I've just seen you been tweeting, and
1: I thought Matt. I'm not gonna lie, I thought Matt Hardy was dead. Right. No, he is very much alive. Now, um, how, how can I put this? I- I'll make this as succinct as possible. In TNA wrestling, Impact wrestling, uh, Matt Hardy was at the mm-hmm. time TNA world heavyweight champion um his brother he even who, come back I remember him I thought he got kicked out no 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 we're talking about Matt Hardy not Jeff
0: oh shit I'm I'm intertwining okay all right all right okay all right
1: continue we're talking about Matt Hardy right uh, okay but his brother who whose name we do not speak Uh, will tie in eventually. Uh, Matt Hardy was TNA World Heavyweight Champion, um, but his brother uh, did not um, support him. Uh, His brother was off doing his normal thing, getting high, showing up to wrestling shows, and just being an all-around fucktard, as he's known to do, uh, (laughs) while Matt was TNA World Heavyweight Champion. They had a title match, uh, in which Matt's brother uh, jumped off of a ladder in the impact zone onto Matt through a table. And it left Matt with a a broken condition, as it were. Uh, this broken condition, uh, in a way, kind of opened his mind to the mythical seven deities. Uh, the seven deities blessed Matt Hardy with uh, th- the power to delete those that are obsolete, and to lead the Great War. Uh, And that led us to the YouTube video uh, and the match that went viral known as The Final Deletion. The Final Deletion was Broken Matt, uh, with his now-broken condition, uh, challenging uh, Brother Nero, as we'll call him now, to a match on the Hardy compound in, in their estate uh, in North Carolina to a one-on-one contest uh, that le- that the winner would have all rights to the name Hardy, all rights and intellectual property to the Hardy name. Okay. And in the final deletion, Matt won. So as it stood... Broken Matt was, in the beginning, a heel. However, comma, Matt Hardy's broken brilliance captivated wrestling fans everywhere. Like, it, as they say in the wrestling fandom, it... The fans turned him babyface. He got over organically. It wasn't the people at TNA Creative saying, okay, we're going to turn Matt babyface. It was fans screaming, delete, 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 and calling (laughs) Brother Nero by his name and calling him an obsolete mule because that's what he is. He is Matt's obsolete mule now that he has deleted uh, the former J-E-F-F-H-A-R-D-Y a- and owns his intellectual property. Uh, he is now Brother Nero, because bro- his Nero is his middle name, and he's a Brother Nero, and you don't want to be your Brother Nero. Just look it up on Urban Dictionary. And Broken Matt has really become kind of the saving grace of Impact Wrestling in recent months. And... So much so that it has become such a thing that even on Monday Night Raw, you will occasionally hear fans in the crowd chanting, delete, 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 delete. <sighs> so yes, ergo broken Matt Hardy. Also, Kaz, mm-hmm. I have gotten a black haired wig. I have gotten a leather jacket Yomakan is coming up Kaz I'm doing yep. it I'm finally doing it I finally found the character that I'm going to do and I will be cosplaying as Broken Matt Hardy I have heard the breath of the seven deities Kaz and I have unlocked my Broken Brilliance
0: shit I feel, I feel so bad because I don't remember the person's name, because they're relatively new to the following of, of DKG things, but they were talking about going to Yomacon, and I was like, oh, I I know a, a lifelong yomacon Uh who goes to that.
1: Well, then you should find out who that is and tell them that your buddy, your your long-lost, left-behind friend on two nerdy black guys is a detroit native and will be there see i'm trying to get more and more people to come to Yomicon and and the midwest conventions uh, I, uh so far I, I, i've gotten a couple of people
0: i'm i'm coming to a midwest convention next year like that it, it's on the docket i don't know which
1: one but
0: it's gonna happen because i plan on i
1: hard i am penciling years. in colossal con in sandusky ohio uh at the okay. kalahari that seems okay. to be like that's the big the, that's summer the water party park con. One, right? Yes, yes, that's the okay. one.
0: All the cosplays are going to be beach cosplays, and I, 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 I hate
1: a thousand photos of the same type of cosplay. Y- you might hate the photos, but y- y- you don't get tired of looking, Kaz.
0: No, I'm talking from the creative stance. I'm not talking from the gentlemanly stance. I'm just saying. I, like,
1: I'm talking from the gentlemanly stance.
0: Yeah, you're talking from the gentlemanly stance. I'm talking from the creative stance of, oh man, I'm gonna have a thousand photos of girls in in bikinis. Um,
1: oh and, no, God, that's so <laughs> awful. Uh, oh, what could uh, be worse? Oh all all the my skin God, retouching I'll have like to do. This- this these cosplayers that are going out of their way to look good for this convention in summer where they can wear these bikini cosplays where not only they can be creative with their cosplays but they can also be kind of sexy oh no oh god cast that sounds awful oh,
0: inner- in our last literally
1: the worst thing in the
0: world drain it in i want i I have a discussion for our last couple of minutes before we end the podcast um are you familiar with jessica Nagiri?
1: i am familiar with her to to a degree to the degree that i pay attention to cosplayers that are not personal friends of mine
0: okay um well, she's one of the bigger names, so so most people. Yeah, are, are... She,
1: like the thing that I most identify her with is um the girl from Lollipop Chainsaw. Okay, there
0: was an article the other day, and I, I forget the news source, and their name doesn't matter. Um, who put out a a kind of a listicle, as we'll put it, of um the top ten. Cosplays that Jessica Nagiri ruined. Um, Wait, ruined?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, go on, and go
0: on. I have I have opinions on this, and and there was some drama around it. If if you're interested in that, go look that up. This is all opinion based. Um, Give me that hot take, I, Kaz. So so it it's basically it was characters that in their mind, she are over sexualized. Cause Jessica Naguri is very well known for doing more of the sexy cosplay. Um you know where not she may not necessarily be very true to form to the character, but you can sometimes tell what the character is. There there are one or two that I have an issue with that she's done of just like, okay, you at that point just call it something different. Um but she's very well known for that. Uh, she catches a lot of heat because people kind of tend to say her costumes aren't that great. And a lot of her attention is because she's showing a lot of skin. Oh my god, I'm uh, so
1: awful, you guys. <laughs>
0: um, I think personally, I think she's done some good cosplay. And then I think there are ones that are just meh but i don't give her shit for it because it's my personal opinion to think that you know like as a as a photographer there there are certain cosplays if she did i wouldn't want to photo the photograph those but other ones i wouldn't have a problem with um and i think she is a pretty i think she's a good model she has an understanding of posing and like style and her body shape and she's very comfortable with her body and that's always plus when when you you're looking for a model or somebody to model something um but when it comes to the cosplay thing like i didn't know people were like i knew there were some people who are very outspoken about the sexy cosplay thing um
1: like who exactly
0: there are some there are some other cosplayers who kind of have the thought that the sexy cosplay diminishes the idea of cosplay as a craft because it's just like you're not it, it's you're not crafting a costume if you do the bikini version of like trying to think of a character if you do the bikini version of of fucking cubone which is one that they gave jessica nigiri shit for uh because she just kind of has on a bra that has bones on it and she has on like the cubone skull and like the cubone skull is relatively the only thing that lets you know that that's the pokemon cubone (laughs) like because other than that it's just but that's pretty distinctive
1: and recognizable
0: yeah that part is, but outside of it to me, I was like, you could have just said you were a character from Far Cry Primal, and nobody would have gave you shit like and i I think it's sometimes people's idea of like a it it, it falls into the, that realm that we've talked about from the entertainment side where people are like, oh there's it's this people hold it in this regard of nostalgia. And, and childish wonderment. So when you kind of adult it a little bit, when you kind of m- m- make those things a little adult, people get uncomfortable. Um,
1: to a degree, I, t- I am one of... To a, to a degree, Kaz, I am kind of on that side. Uh, mm-hmm. But on in another way, I'm pretty lecherous. So at times, depending on the character and depending on the model... I don't mind but overall I absolutely understand that point of view mm-hmm. at the same time I'm still a grown ass man <laughs> Yeah, my,
0: my thought on it is cosplay is all about the creativity of it and there are times where I I, I as a fan of cosplay and things like that give everybody credit for even trying I as a photographer sometimes and I'm and and this is this is two totally different mindsets. So if you if you try to call me out on something it's you got to understand it's two totally different mindsets. When I look at somebody and I'm looking at their cosplay, I'm looking at their cosplay to be quality and very well crafted, right? Like I don't want it to look like you bought it from a store and there have been maybe one or two of Jessica Nogiri's things that just look like you could have picked it up at the Halloween pop-up store that pops up like because Halloween's coming up and they have to sell costumes and they, those ones that just come in a bag. But there are other ones that she's done that are totally awesome and very well thought out and very well crafted. Um, but I, as a photographer, I'm, I'm going to speak my mind. There, there are cosplays that I see sometimes where I'm like... You didn't put that much effort into that. Like, and it's not going to look good no matter how great of a photographer I am. Like, no matter what, it's just not going to look good because the costume is just shit to begin with. Um, And that's how I judge things as a photographer. I I don't necessarily care so much if the person is pretty or not, because at that point, it's all about... How well that costume looks on you, and how well you're portraying that thing that I want to get out of you when I take that still, like that that's it
1: well, in that case, even if you did get your cosplay at the store, I'm totally okay with it, and you can come hang out with me,
0: <laughs> and I'm and okay can... with it too
1: <laughs> uh, and you can tweet all of your photos to me at just call me DJM and I will favorite your store bought cosplay <laughs> I, I will
0: tell you and this guy
1: do. will will hey, judge you but up. still probably take a couple of photos if Ow. you tweet him at King Kaz maybe uh, this gentleman also has an Instagram I believe it is instagram.com slash photo is that correct yeah
0: yeah, I, I, I think I've settled on the brand. It's going to be King Kaz Photo. Is,
1: All is right, photography stuff.
0: So, um, what
1: else have you got going on, Mr. Cooper? Um,
0: right now it's mostly to Instagram. Uh, we're doing some editing on some videos for the DKG YouTube channel. I find I found a person that wants to take a shot at the editing because I've I've come to realize I'm not in the position where I'm good at video editing yet i'm okay i'm just not there yet so somebody else is, is lovingly decided to take the reins for that from me so i sent them a bunch of stuff they're editing it down um and so dkg what is it uh, youtube.com slash drunk kids gaming go check that out because there should be some awesome stuff popping up there soon our podcast always pops up there as well. If you're into watching podcasts, um, other than that, I'm, I'm having some ideas for my own YouTube channel that I want to see if I can make happen. Uh, I want to do a travel log for TwitchCon um, coming up, so I want to make some travel vlogs and things like that. And may I might do some really short, ten minute, just weekly, biweekly vlogs. Um, and just kind of do old school YouTube style and just have my own personal channel with my own personal thoughts and my own personal ideas and my own personals, personal, personal, personal.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, my name is David Majors. You can call me DJM. You can listen to all of my podcasts in iTunes. Just search for my name, David Majors. Or you can check out the mothership, if you will, com. There might also be something on YouTube in the not-too-distant future. Because I have the concept. I have the 4,000 words written down. I just need the camera. Literally, that's all I need. You can follow me on Twitter at just call me DJM. Talk with me about Mr. Robot. Oh my god, I want to talk about Mr. Robot. It's <laughs> everything in my life right now. But we're gonna talk about everything else in my life on the next episode of Two Nerdy Black Eyes. For Brandon Cooper, oh, yeah. this that? is DJM. It's personal. Stop talking over me.